BBCC episode 9, my realization of the day. Adrian Brody, you know, it's been debated upon his attractiveness. I mean, I think it is, I don't know, at least between me and my best friend. He thinks that Adrian Brody is, like, hot. And I'm like, mmm, I just, I can't, I can't get past the nose, you know? But man, after seeing him in this movie and just the image seared in my mind, no, it's a, it's a definitive no. Adrian Brody is not hot. He never will be hot. He never was hot. Let's go ahead and get into the episode. Hello, hello, welcome back to the Bloody Blunt Cinema Club, it is your boy Devon Taylor here, it is episode 9 of the podcast, super excited, this is a bonus episode, I'm doing things a little differently, um, I'm doing a bonus episode, I'm recording in the morning, which is nice, because I'm not sweating my ass off for once, um, yeah, I'm, and it's a Friday, and I'm just going to release it like today too. So I rarely record the morning of whenever I'm going to release an episode. But I've been kind of all over the place lately with, um, I was like a day and a half late with the last episode. So I thought, you know what? I should do a bonus episode. Plus, I need the numbers. I need to get them downloads in. And I'm trying to take advantage of the algorithm this week. Because uh, I decided that we're going to talk about Splice from 2009. Why are we talking about this movie? Well, everybody on Twitter uh, started watching this movie recently. It was added to Netflix. And I really do love when uh, an older movie or an underrated gem gets added to Netflix. And then people, you know, start watching it. And then, you know, people who... didn't see it at the time that it came out, and then they see it now, and they're like, whoa, what the fuck? This movie's crazy. And, I mean, I had never seen this movie, so it was kind of perfect for me that I was like, okay. I was like, everybody else is kind of uh, having this experience, and I want to get in on that action, and then, like I said, plus, try to take advantage of the algorithm, you know, release this on the weekend, people are watching Netflix, try to tag all the stuff, you know, uh, SEO, all that bullshit. But, um, but yeah, I got to have that experience and it did annoy me cause I did see it trending on Twitter first and I hate, it was like, uh, it goes, it was like, oh, Gen Zers are just now discovering splice when millennials were already, uh, scarred for life by that movie. Okay. This movie came out in 2009. It's only 11 years old. So it's like, stop talking about it like it's like a 25-year-old classic or something. And then, like, you sound so stupid. Like, those are the millennials that make me not like being a millennial because I hate being, like, roped in because you guys say dumb shit like that. You know? Like, what what does it fucking matter? So, yeah, everybody um, 
was has been talking about this movie all week. You know, fucking people are turning out the YouTube videos. I need to get in on that action. So, yeah, I'm super excited. But it's super funny because this is the third episode I've recorded this week. And I did not pack enough outfits. So if I end up putting some clips up from this episode, you get to see me in. Um, I, I could only describe as a fortune teller cult leader because, I mean... I'm I'm destined to run a cult. I mean, let's just be honest. And not like and not but like a cool cult. Like a cool one. Not a anyways. <laughs> but I like have this Madame Cleo vibe going on right now with this head wrap. I've gotten really into head wraps now that I got a bunch of hair again. And um I look like very like bulbous. And I'm also wearing a black hoodie against my black background, which will be in black and white. So it's like, I'm just kind of going to be like looking like this floating Madame Cleo head kind of in editing. We'll see what it looks like. But that's the that's the vibe that I got going on right now. I got some real strong tea. Oh no, that's it. Like not, I mean the tea, like the drink. It's very strong today. Uh, isn't that funny how that has like a whole new meaning now? You like thought I was going to dish some dirt just now. And it's like, no, no, no. I just really do have some very strong tea with me. But, um, I'm super excited because I said I, I wanted to do this bonus episode because I just want to have a lot of stuff out because I'm super excited for like the next few weeks, like really the next two months of, uh, the podcast, I feel like. Um, the, the schedule I got going, you guys are really gonna like it. Um, the next three or the next two weeks, I got two very dope guests next week or not next week. This upcoming week is the 10th episode of Bloody Blunt Cinema Club. That's awesome. Already fucking racking up this fucking catalog. Let's get it. Um, episode number 10 is with guest spooky astronauts, uh, Emma she is a YouTuber from Australia. She has a wonderful YouTube channel. And um, we had a super awesome time talking about The Double and Us. So we're going to talk about those two movies uh, coming up this week. It was a really good time. And there will definitely 100% be video up for that. That is all the guest episodes. I'm editing them up right now. All the guest episodes will be up on YouTube like 100% this week. I can promise you that. Um, so yeah, so we're really excited for that one. And then for the week after that, um, co- closing out the heat-soaked horror month of July, I got to talk with the director of The Final Girls, Mr. Todd Strauss-Schulson, and we had such a, oh man, it was such a great interview. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear that, to really get some great insight from the creative mind behind the movie. And uh, it was just a, it was a really great conversation. Super lovely guy. Uh, same with uh, Emma as well. And then I have another guest, uh, a good friend of mine coming on an episode after that. And I got more guests lined up in the future. And I mean, I'm still going to do solo episodes like this, but 
there will be more guests uh, coming up on the show now, like now that we really got stuff rolling. And uh, yeah, I'm super excited. And I just wanted to make this little episode. This will be a short episode because I'm trying to get to the beach here in a bit. So this is going to be a pretty uh, quick episode. But man, this fucking movie right here, I swear, is just, I don't even fucking... Splice came out in 2009, directed by Vincenzo Natale, uh, who I mentioned in the second episode of the podcast. He directed Cube, which was his feature uh, debut, I did not know. And Cube is one of my all-time favorite films. Uh, one, my, I actually love the franchise in general. Um, and then he most recently directed In the Tall Grass, which is apparently notoriously bad. Didn't bother watching that one. But Mr. Natali has an interesting style between that I noticed, at least just between Cube and Splice. And he he's one of those directors that I like. I'll compare him. He's not as good, I don't think, as uh, Paul W.S. Anderson, who does you know all the Resident Evil movies, and he did Event Horizon and Death Race 2000. I really love that movie. <laughs> so, but he's like how he's like him. All of his movies are kind of middling, you know. They don't get the best reviews. Um, the Rotten Tomato percentages aren't the best, and they're consistently like that. But Natali, he has a little bit of a better track record, I guess. Like the averages of his, the Rotten Tomato scores between his films range between fifty percent to seventy five percent. So, it's not that he's making, so he consistently doesn't make bad movies, but he's not making great movies either, um, minus, I will say, Cube and Splice. I need to watch Haunter, that one seems to have a interesting premise and somewhat of a cult following, so I do want to check out Haunter and then maybe, I don't know, I'll have a little bit more of a rounded idea of Natalia. I think you have to see at least three films of a director to really get get them, you know? Just a, especially if you can watch them at, like, different points in their career. So, I don't know. But Vincenzo Natale, he, he, he did some shit in this movie, man. Like, I, I heard it was weird... I made sure to not, I tried not to see any spoilers. I kind of did, I guess. So I knew things going into it. I knew it was going to be weird. And the the first, like, 20 minutes are kind of clunky because things happen really fast. So Splice is about these two um, scientists. They are in a relationship as well. And they've been working on splicing animal DNA together, you know, because they want to be able to create this enzyme. They'll be able to cure cancer and all blah, blah, blah. Same shit that, you know, every scientific movie, uh, any sci-fi horror movie where there's a scientist doing something that is questionable, you know. So they're doing that and they're successful. They got these fucking sluggy things. Uh, Fred and Ginger that they've made and yeah so they're you know 
supposed to get all this credit. They're going to be rich, blah, 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 blah. But then they say, okay, we just want the enzyme. We're not going to continue on with, um, we're not going to continue on because I guess the enzyme just like could do some other shit. And, but then the two scientists, like literally in the first like five minutes are like, no, we wanted to do the splice, start splicing it with human DNA. And they're like, whoa, 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 you're, you're a little crazy there. So, I mean, so it happens really fast. And so eventually they, of course, are going to get shut down and then they're going to do the experiment anyways, which leads to the creation of Dren, this animal human hybrid creature. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, is it is Dren a transgender icon for in horror? Hmm. I'm going to ask this question whenever I post this is like, I don't know is, or is cause this, is this movie adherently queer at all? Or is it just taboo in its just taboo in general, like in its ethics and morals on the scientific end, but then all the weird sexual things going on in this in here. I don't know. It's, Again, I'm not trying to search for queer meaning in all these horror movies. It's just there, though. And that's kind of cool to just kind of realize as I keep digging into more and more horror movies. But, hmm, I don't know. This movie, so, I mean, Dren, they, because, spoiler alert, Dren does not stay a female the entire movie. And uh, that is also a reminder. Every episode of this podcast, I will spoil whatever movie we're talking about. And I just want to, I feel like I've forgotten to mention that on some episodes. And then some I have. Just uh, once again, if you haven't seen Splice, stop listening now. Because it's on Netflix right now. Go and watch it. And then come back to us and listen to this episode. Because, you know, I don't do, like, a detailed recap. I'm just going to kind of breeze over what, ha- like, you know, the plot and then just get into the fucking shit I want to talk about. So, but, I mean, unless you just are one of those people and that you like listening to podcasts and uh, don't mind that you haven't seen the movie, that's cool, too. I do that sometimes. Like, I'll, I'll, if I see a podcast episode of someone from like horror queers or scarred for life and it might be a movie I haven't seen yet but maybe I'm not gonna see it or I don't like plan on it and I don't mind you know just hearing it from other people I do listen to those episodes so I mean if you if you still want to listen along anyways please do but I highly encourage you to always watch the movie before you listen to the podcast anyways back into it you're going to see, so Dren, um, like, ages super quickly, and they're trying to raise Dren, like, you know, part science experiment, but, like, also, like, their kid, um, because they, like, just kind of create it together, but then, oh, yeah, the scientist, uh, the female scientist used her DNA as the human uh, DNA for the splicing, so it's kind of her daughter and slash son later. 
<laughs> I just really want to talk about the end of the movie because it it's terrifying. So yeah, so it's like kind of like a it's this movie's like a combination of maybe the fly meets species ish. I guess that would be the best. I mean, it's very it's a lot like species. And it came out after Species and Species is a great franchise. Well, the first two movies are really good and then the third one's kind of eh. No, I actually I watched the third one and then I was like, "Hey, this isn't as bad as I remembered it." So really all three of them are pretty good. Like I love the Species movies. We're definitely going to talk about the Species movies on the podcast at some point. Um, but yeah, it's very similar to that, but then like some of, I don't know, I just kind of think of some of the body horror elements akin to the fly, but the fly is also a very sexual movie. Um, so, so I think you have those parallels as well. So let's go ahead and break this film down a little bit more, uh, into a more fine and pristine form putting it through the genre grinder where we talk about the subgenres that make up the film and how they kind of play into it and what works, what doesn't work. So obviously there's the big sci-fi element. So is this is like, it, it's definitely hard sci-fi horror. You couldn't just classify this as a straight horror movie. It is sci-fi horror because the, I mean, really the horror doesn't happen until, you know, the midway point or maybe even an hour in um, like right approaching the third act is where we actually start getting the horror elements. Cause it really is sci-fi when you're just watching these two scientists deal with the creation that they made this creature. And then also, you know, grappling with the morals and ethics of what they have done. And, and so it really does take a minute for the horror elements to kick in, but when they do like, especially towards the end, I mean, not only because of just some of the violence we see, but then just like the the end is just so. Mm. <laughs> um, there's there's elements of body horror here because I mean, Dren is like humanoid, like very human esque. So the just like the things that happen to her and the the way that. Um, their body works throughout the movie and goes through various transformations that can be stand-ins for, like, you know, transformations in life, like puberty and shit like that, and sexual maturity. And speaking of, ooh, this is very, the movie is very sexual, and, but in weird taboo ways, and, and just the way that it, films these scenes these sexual scenes as well it's just very uncomfortable unsettling so some of the things I love about this movie though because there I did enjoy this movie the movie is it's a ride like I've been I've gotten to watch some good old some good what the fuck movies lately that just take you for a good old ride and the science stuff, I mean, is interesting throughout the film. Like, it really is. Like, the sci-fi elements do work very well. What doesn't work is the film's attempts to try to be comedic. Um, just 
all the supporting characters are kind of blah. Like, the brother gets, like, no development and is, like, just kind of annoying. And I don't know. And why are, why are him and Adrian Brody so emo? Like, oh, was this movie made in 2009 or what? I mean, they're, they, the two scientists are the, you know, they're fucking cool, edgy fucking, we push the science to the edge, scientists. They literally say that. Like, um, that is the, one of the worst parts of this film is the dialogue. I'll just get that out of the way, because I don't like talking about the negatives and spending too much time on it. The dialogue is pretty bad. Like, the, none of the jokes hit, like, literally none of them. And I would have just had, I would have rather the film just been just straightforward. Just be sci-fi horror, but in its, in its efforts to be cool, it just has way too many jokes that just don't hit. And just, I don't know, and weird music references and music cues. Not the score. The score is really good. So getting back into the things I do like, the score is pretty good. I really the the opening score is really good. The opening like the score over the opening credits, like the opening title, is really good. The double credits are an odd choice because he has like the cast credits in the background, like on the flesh DNA. Of the fucking blob monsters that we'll meet. So he like has the cast credits in that. And then there's also that's where we have the title card. In this fleshy, this really fleshy title card. I mean it's effective. But then it's also doing the regular, the other credits. Like the, the crew credits on top of it. In like regular, you know, type or whatever. And it's just kind of weird. I don't know. But... Vincenzo Natale, it's funny because it's like he has like this very Italian name and his filmmaking, I would say his style is very European, you know, he just kind of has that, like his films kind of have that 70s strangeness to him, but uh, he's a Canadian, he, um, his dad I think was Italian and then his mom was... I don't know, something else. And then he was raised in Canada, so... I don't know. His films just do have that very European appeal to them. And, like, you know, it has a slick style, and the film looks very slick. It, it the, the cinematography done by Tetsuo Nagata is very nice. It's very clean. Um, it has um, very clean colors, this uh, very teal, blue teal tint to a lot of it, and then it kind of shifts in the second act when we go to the barn, and then it, it kind of warms up to these orange and yellows, and then the end, it goes back down to this very cold blue, and I like that the way that the cinematography, the way that the color palette would change with the tone of the film. Because the first act is like the the sci-fi experiment, uh, mad scientist kind of stuff. And then the second act is like turns into a family movie for like it's a couple, uh, a, a new parents dealing with being like 
It's a couple dealing with being new parents and their different approaches to it. And but then still grappling with the scientific aspect. But the second act is like they film it kind of warm and they have there's a couple sweet scenes in it up until when things change. And then the third act, when it goes straight into the horror, it's like this ice cold blue. And it just I really like that. It really it worked for me. So shout out to Tetsuo Nagata on the cinematography. Shout out to Cyril Ofort. Hopefully I'm saying all these names right. Um, shout out to him for the score. Like I said, it's really good. Um, the score. There was another, uh, the birth scene, I'll say. Like when Dren is synthesized. Um, the score works really well with the sound design, which is also very good in this film. Like the, whoever came up with the the different sounds for Dren, especially like they change throughout the different stages of Dren's transformations and the the way that they did communicate her personality through it. I wonder if the French actress that played Dren, like that played adult Dren got to do it maybe. I couldn't find it anywhere. And I I mean I didn't dig too deep, but I couldn't find it anywhere. <laughs> But uh, I really like the sound design because, I mean, just like the screeches that this creature makes and are just so, uh, they really do get under your skin and they're like piercing and like, and it kind of, I don't know, relates to when new parents have these babies that just like won't stop crying, you know, and like what that sound like sounds to you and what that means to you being a new parent and all. So there's, cause I mean, that's, the, that's a lot of themes in this film as well. I forgot to mention that in the genre grinder, it's kind of a fucked up family movie until it gets gross at the end. So that just makes it ew. But the second act is a family movie. Weird. Damn. Like this tea is very, like I made it super strong and it's funny. It even has like more water in it because, um, I have it in a fucking thingy, thermos, but I think because I have it closed, it's just been like fucking steeping, and I keep the bag in, maybe that's why, that's why my tea's so strong, I always keep the bag in, I don't, I don't take the bag out, bitches take the bags out, <laughs> what also works are the effects, the effects uh, done on Dren are really well, Especially, like, when we get to Dren, actually. Once Dren hits toddler stage, that's when they start using an actor and start using makeup. And then from there on in, it's, like, a lot of practical up until we get final form Dren at the end. But then they use CGI for a couple of the early stages and for some of Dren's movement. But not much of it. A lot of it, I, um found out was like sped up footage and using uh acrobatic stunt people and stuff like that to do her movements but um early on there was like some cgi with her initial form and the blob monsters uh fred and ginger these like little slugs that they have are also cgi but they work um you know just because of the fleshy like weird texture their skin had so it actually kind of worked 
like I think the 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 kind of funky computer animation added to the weird movement that Fred and Ginger had and the aesthetic and just kind of made it even more gross and off-putting. So I I did like that and uh the effects were done by Howard Berger Berger either Howard Berger or Howard Berger and Greg Nicotero. Greg Nicotero is known for being the head of the makeup department for The Walking Dead for the entire series. Um, excellent, excellent work on the makeup end, so I assume that Howard um, helped more in the uh, creature design elements, especially for like Fred and Ginger and like the early elements of Dren. So shout out to them as well. Some, um, I mean, for 2009, I guess, I mean, because you got to think, that's not too that's not too far before the first avengers first avengers was in 2010 and that cgi so i mean and transformers movies existed already too so i mean you could argue that some of the cgi might be shoddy but this movie was also had a very small budget as well so i guess it's um well i mean 30 million dollars that's a decent budget i mean especially for a sci-fi horror movie like people definitely aren't giving uh, too many sci-fi horror movies that kind of budgets now like Denis Villeneuve and Christopher Nolan they get those budgets but a lot of genre films like in this genre like especially here Splice if you try to make Splice now they would maybe give you seven million like damn this actually did get a lot of money to it so maybe I do wish the CGI was a little bit better but at the same time I think that whenever the CGI was kind of weird it added to just, like, the off-putting because, like, I mean, you want to say that Dren is unnatural when, but Dren is actually very natural, but just still the fact that it's something you've never seen before and the weird texture that they put on the skin in the early stages, I think the the shoddy CGI, like, actually kind of helped it in its favor there. So, I won't be too hard on them, but like I said, once we get to... um Dren as like a more teenager or young adult version with more makeup on and then you have the CGI for the legs but but that worked out really well for the legs and the tail it actually works really well and they actually did have some physical elements for the tail as well so and the tail was fucking gross like the tail and it had the little stinger on the end you know um Dren's creature design in general, like, like the, the we have, like, the little chicken-like looking thing stage, and then, and then you have the toddler, the toddler baby version is so <laughs> creepy, so creepy, like, it's evil-looking eyes, like, it was, like, so hard, and she was, like, look at, how could you say no to this face, and, like, I was, like, ah. Uh. But also, she kind of looked like a little, a little Frenchy, like Harley. And Harley's not here today, guys. Oh, I'm so fucking sad. I'm literally just all by myself recording this today. I just remembered. <sighs> you can do this, Devon. You can get through this episode. You got this. You got this. Anyways. Um, but then once we get to the young adult version, who was played by a French actress, Delphine Chagnac. That's wrong. 
I'm not going to try again. But Delphine um, was really good because Dren does not speak the entire movie up until the worst part. But Dren is silent, so her physical acting and like the way that she brought personality and emotion to Dren was really good. Um, and like I said, and the design on her was really cool. Like the two double-jointed legs was so off-putting and weird. And the way that she moved and walked and had four fingers, but they were like straight-up human hands. Oh, like, oh, man. But she did, uh, she had a really great performance, especially in, um, in a particular scene we'll get to in a minute. But, um, yeah, this was, um, so the, they, they really nailed the look between getting the right actress and the makeup and blending the CGI into her. Overall, Dren looks really fantastic, like, throughout the entire film. Definitely big kudos there. But, um, you know, so there's a lot of ethics issues. That's what they're really battling is, you know, you know, because you're creating, it's like the, the Frankenstein conundrum, you know, creating life. And they kind of have that complex. Is it a Frankenstein complex? Is that a thing? If it isn't, it should be. Maybe I should be the one to write that book, the Frankenstein complex. I don't know. But it's uh, something that, you know, we always see in sci-fi horror where you have these flawed scientists that are obviously brilliant and are willing to do, you know, whatever they think is necessary, you know, for these experiments. They're willing to do anything for the scientific glory of it all. But then there's personal stakes here because Elsa has, you know, some mommy issues that they really just like they glaze over even though it's supposed to be like a big theme in this you know maternity in general is supposed to be a big theme but they do kind of just glaze over um her issues that she had with her mom but as we see at the end of the movie that is still unresolved you know so I guess that makes sense um and so it's like them being like, okay, we shouldn't have did this, and then doing it longer than they intended, and then not stopping it because of these personal reasons, and then it's like, and then, because you see that they also, like, get off on it, there's a weird sexualness that they, as a scientific couple, like, get off on, like, whenever we see when we have, like, teenager Dren, and fucking, they're fucking on the couch, and then Clive sees Dren and he just like lets her watch because he wants to like continue. I don't know if that like because he like kind of said he wasn't in the mood before they started. So I feel like he like needed it to like continue on. And then you see like how like Elsa was like so like fucking like into it as well. So like they like get off on these scientific discoveries on top of you know, wanting the fame and, you know, everything that comes with it, and it's like, I, I don't love the arc that they have, because they don't really have arcs, I guess, because, like I said earlier, like, at the very beginning of the movie, they're already, like, they're for, they did not hesitate to see if they could come up with the computer algorithm to, like, test it, the computer 
process to see if it works. And of course it works. So then once again, without hesitation, they just go ahead and like, I mean, Clive, Adrian Brody's character, he does have like remorse at the beginning. And it's kind of interesting how they flop back and forth, the two of them, between one of them treating Dren as an experiment and the other one treating Dren as like their fucking kid. And they flop back and forth. They're never really on the same page until the end when they decide, like, okay, we need to kill Dren ourselves. But, you know, they they go back and forth. They're never really on the same page. First, it's like, you know, Clive wonders if it feels pain, like the little one, like, like the very, like the pod, like before it's even like anything. And then, and then Elsa takes on this like motherly role, you know, and then when Dren starts to mature a little bit more, then it goes back to Clive and they kind of have their moments, but then things happen. And then it flip-flops again until they're both on the same page because Elsa turns on her, you know. It's, oh, yeah. It is. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, It's kind of, they just don't really have the best of arcs because they just, like, by the end of the movie, Clive ends up dying, even though I guess he comes back to his senses because he was initially against everything in the first place and then after his encounter then he's like okay this is all fucked like we we are so fucked and like he finally is the one to admit that they are like way over their heads they fucked up that everything is wrong so actually Clive does have an arc but then he dies and that pisses me off because Elsa doesn't learn anything she was the one at the beginning goading him into it. She was the one that was pushing to continue on. She was the one that wanted to bring it a uh, full term when they weren't going to bring it full term. She wanted to raise it whenever they didn't. They, he, she was the one uh, risking their jobs because she wanted to keep Dren and everything. Elsa Sab, like, it just like fucks everything up and then she gets cocky about everything. And then at the end, she makes a decision to that pretty much shows that she still learned absolutely nothing from her experience. Uh, but I will say the performances are really good at portraying these super, super flawed scientists like that are just fucked. And then just the links that they go and where we see their characters go, what they do to what they do to Dren and the way they treat her, and then it, it's fucking nuts. It's nuts, this movie! It was so fun, though, to watch. It really was, like, <laughs> it was a fucking ride. Like, I was slapping fucking my babe the whole time. I was like, oh, my God. It was, yeah. So we're gonna we're going to dive in now. Alright, I need to make sure I'm real high before we get into my favorite, not favorite scenes of the movie. I will start off with the birth seed, like the initial synthesis of Dread. I thought it was highly effective. The whole look of it was very, you know, you just had that that horrific 
science experiment, like, fucking scene, like, really heavy on the Frankenstein vibes. Um, I didn't realize how much Frankenstein there was, obviously, in this movie as well. And, um, yeah, I mean, it worked. The sound design, like I said, like, because you had just all the machines and just everything and and the sounds that it was making and just, like, and then uh, fucking Elsa having a seizure, which just, like, the way that it was portrayed, like, by uh, Sarah Polly, it just, like, it felt very fucking real and just, like, because, like, her and having her fucking arm stuck in it when she was trying to cut uh, the pot out was just like a fucking it was a really intense great scene it was gross the score was really good so the birth scene was um really good highly fucking uh highly effective loved it and then i also loved the scene where fucking they go to do the presentation with fred and ginger and fucking putting it on for the rich people to bid on the enzyme and show off their work and the science heads and all that and get all their glory and then fucking, they fucking turn instead of fucking, they were gonna have them fuck in front of everybody, which I thought that was weird. Again, this movie is very sexual. They were gonna have these two blobs fuck in front of them, but but instead they turn on each other. They both pull out their stingers and fucking just brutally eviscerate each other in this glass case. And the glass case just continues to just fill with more and more blood. And just, they are just going at it until there's nothing left. And then the glass case breaks and fucking blood splatters on the front row on the fucking people. I love it when that happens in movies. Like, it reminds me of uh, the scene in The Addams Family when they're putting on the play and they do the blood spray. And, like, all the front row just gets fucking doused in blood. I love that type of shit. Um, so that was a really fun scene. We find out it's because Ginger turned into a man, into a male. <laughs> Foreshadows. Ugh. Um, but, and then, I mean, and then the various scenes of them, like we, the, the rest of the movie is just, we do get like various scenes of them raising her and then trying to hide it from their job. And it's kind of whatever. Um, the boss character is played by David Hewlett, who is a very close friend of Vincenzo Natale. He's been in most of his films, including Cube. Um, and he was, he's one of the better supporting characters, but the actor, um, playing Clive's brother, Gavin is just, he kind of sucked. Um, but then, so we have some, um, another scene that really did stand out to me was the, when, uh, Clive and Dren bond after Elsa is mad at Dren uh, for having the cat and then um, he puts on some music and and I just will say it's a very it's a very nice warming scene like like imagine showing someone music for the first time you know who's never experienced music and who's never experienced dancing like how do you go about that what would you show them how and like showing them how to dance and like it was a very sweet scene and it, you did get those like dad daughter vibes and it was like sweet you know and like like i said this is in the family movie portion of the film and um delphine not gonna say her last name but her performance here was just like really 
really good. Like, it was the one time <laughs> my lady said, aw, because she, like, kind of looked cute for a minute, you know? Like, of this, like, pure joy of, like, oh, my God, what is this music? I love it. I want more. Oh, dancing. This is fun. And because the whole res- the whole movie, <laughs> Brit was just like, no. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. She's, oh, no, no. So gross. Like, <laughs> Oh, we had such a good time watching it. Like it was such a like you want to you want a fun Netflix and chill movie that is gonna end up being not fun and ruin the entire mood. I mean, for us, it was great because like my lady loves the weird shit like I do, and we had a blast of me just like she doesn't judge me for maniacally laughing at these gross, uncomfortable scenes. Um. But yeah, we, but if you want a, a good, fun watch with your with your Sig O, what check out Splice two thousand nine romantic comedy family movie of two thousand nine. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that dancing was really cute. But then, the barn scene we the the scene we get between them after that because this is in and at the end of that scene, like he kind of he starts looking at Dren a little funny and you're like. No, 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 Clive, stop looking at her like that. Because, but it's because he realizes that she is part Elsa, and that's when he realizes, like, oh, use your DNA. It wasn't just a random donor, which is a which is a cool scene. Like, I like that he just can notice that because he knows her so well, you know. So, um, because I do think that they depict them as a couple. I mean, a highly toxic couple. But he, they do depict them as a as a couple pretty accurately, so um, kudos to kudos to Adrian Brody and Sarah Polly on their chemistry for this movie. But then, so later on, fucking Clive goes to see Dren out in the barn, and she's like acting all sexy. She like was strutting. I noticed she like learned how to sexy walk, and he like noticed that, and he was like, oh. And I was like, oh, no, 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 stop looking at each other like that. And they, like, keep getting closer, and they're circling each other. And fucking, and she fucking goes in for it, and she fucking kisses him. And he goes, no, don't do that, no, don't do that. And then she's, like, reaching for more, and he's like, no, don't do that, don't do that. And he kisses her, but they start making out. And then they fuck! They start fucking! <laughs> like because like you you watch them that they've been obviously raising it raising her raising them uh, um and, and it's just like yo and and like I said they like had that moment where I was like this feels like a father daughter moment and then but now He's fucking her, even though he knows, one, think about it, she's fucking, like, a year old, I don't, you know, whatever the physical maturity, but, like, in real time, like, that's gross, but then also, you got bestiality, you want to talk about some taboo sexual shit, you got bestiality, because Dren is part human, part animal, and then it's like the scene is just so uncomfortable like they show just like they show her fucking using her tail to like 
pin him and pull him closer. She uses her weird double-jointed legs to take his shirt off. And they, and they fucking, he fucking, she gets on top, or he fucking gets on top and goes on her, and then they fucking roll around, she's on top of him and spreading her wings, which, oh yeah, she has wings, that, uh, scene on the roof was pretty funny, but fucking, they're fucking, and then she spreads her wings, and then he fucks her some more after the wing spreading, so he's like, into it! Because he's, like, turned on by science, but it's also, like, kind of your daughter, but also kind of your wife. You know that she's part, that, like, it's his wife's DNA. So, (sighs) (laughs) so gross. There's just so much grossness going on there. And, like, because I remember, because I knew something happened in the barn, And I knew that something sexual between them. I thought that maybe they just, like, kissed and made out. And, like, first when the dancing happened, I thought people were being weird about that. And I was like, no, that was a really sweet scene. But then when they fucking... And then, like I said, I thought maybe at most they'd make out or something. No, 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 no. They fuck. Like, I am so shocked he did not fucking turn her around and bend her over with, like, a tail up, like... The images in this movie are so gross. So, so yeah, so that happens, right? And then after that, um, or sometime before that is when, yeah, that's when, before that, we have some more weird sexual shit. When Elsa, so Dren kills the cat... It it was that that was before, right? Uh yeah. Like, um, she fucking kills the cat and then she um decides, okay, I'm gonna cut her fucking the end of her tail off with the stinger and shit. And the way it's just seemed or the way that it's filmed is so like it's kind of filmed like a rape scene like she fucking ties her up and like has her like sprawled all out you know rips the dress off because that at that point Elsa is not looking at her like a human anymore like a human creature now she's just looking at her like a creature because Elsa's all pissed off and she rips the dress off her to rip her humanity off and strips her bare you know and that but she's got her titties out and then fucking it just feel and like so it just feels like very weird and sexual because she's like fucking numbing the the tail to cut it off and then she like it's like castrating her or something in like or fucking yeah like uh so something there's something weirdly like rapey and abusive and sexual about that scene i mean and just for a, at a horror aspect it works i'm not saying i like the scene but as an effective horror scene it it does its job it fucking works ew but then so fast forward now after that and after the sex scene which fucking elsa catches him so get this so she catches him and then they go back to their apartment and obviously she's so just like upset he's all fucked up and they're talking about it but they don't really talk about it. They don't they don't say it. They start talking about how everything's gotten out of control and 
whose fault it is and who's wrong and who's right. And it's a great scene, like, you know, of arguing the morals and themes of the film. But not one time do they mention, hey, you just fucked the animal human creature that we made that we've been raising as our daughter. My clone kind of daughter. Clone. I don't know. And they don't mention it. And they don't mention it for the rest of the movie. Like, when they make the plan that they're going to kill her, you know? They don't, they don't fucking talk about it. They just don't. I wish they did. Why didn't they talk about it? So, um, but then, so, this is where it goes full horror territory. As Dren knows, or they try and they bury Dren, but then Dren, of course, because Dren was getting sick. So, of course, they're dummies and didn't realize that, like, hey, every time Dren gets sick, they're about to transform. And then so they think that Dren is dead, so they bury Dren, of course. They're not dead, just transforming form. So not only are they full form, like, you know, with the wings, amphibious, and, like, this, like, more tough skin, like, amphibious skin and stuff. Dren is a man now, because remember what happened to Ginger. Dren is a man now. Dren's final form is terrifying. I'm assuming, because uh, it, it just kind of had a weird look, that I think it's like a combination of practical effects and special effects. It's terrifying. Like, and so Dren is out to kill everybody, right? And then it leads to the most fucked up scene of this entire movie. Like, it takes a lot to, like, get to me. Like, and then, like, I I just, I don't know. I can watch movies and crazy things. Like, and even, like, you know, sexual violence. You know, not that it doesn't affect me, like, emotionally. But, like, but just, like, watching it, I'm not somebody, it doesn't, like, usually just, like, I don't know, maybe because I am a guy and I don't know that experience coming from a woman. So it's like, I don't know, it, it just doesn't hit me. But for all the fucked up moral reasons of this film and the sexual themes it's already had, the scene where fucking Dren rapes Elsa is so horrific. Like, it, like, it... I just couldn't process, like, I was, like, me and the, the face that me and Brittany had on, on our, the looks that we had were just, I can't even comprehend it, and then, like, in me, when I process scenes like that, I just start laughing maniacally, because I'm just, like, this is absolutely insane, like, because, I mean, I saw people talking about how crazy this movie was, I saw that people talk about how weird it was, but, I still underestimated it, and man, this shit fucked me up, because, <laughs> one, Dren is now a man who was a, uh, so, was a female, because it was a clone of Elsa's DNA, so, Elsa is kinda getting raped, by now a man version of man creature version of herself who she also had been raising as a daughter that is 
and then just the depiction of it was just so visceral. It tears her fucking clothes off just as fucking she tore, like, it was like revenge. So, because, like, when it was happening, I was like, did this need to happen? Did Elsa deserve this? I mean, nobody deserves to be raped ever. But, like, in... But I was just like, why is this happening? But now that I remembered that I was like, this is like fucking revenge rape. Because Elsa kind of like, you know, fucking did like fucking to her. Like basically cut Dren's junk off that we now know. And um, so I was like, fuck. But it was so terrifying. It felt just so gross the imagery, the sounds, but fucking Dren speaks for the first time, and it is so terrifying, so earlier in the movie, when Elsa's explaining to Dren that, hey, my DNA's inside of you, you're part of me, I'm inside you, I was like, why'd you say it like that, that's really weird, why'd you say it like that, but then this scene, and I'm sorry to to assault your ears like this skip it if you need to it is so terrifying just I couldn't that scene is imprinted in my brain, but now it's like a joke with me and Brittany now, and we've been just creeping each other out ever since. <sighs> just watching that scene again, just for 15 seconds. <sighs> this movie's fucked, y'all. And then the fucking movie ends with an ambiguous ending. So, a lot of people were like, oh, were they sequel baiting? Were they planning on doing a sequel? So, Vincenzo Natale, aside from Cube, which did get sequels, but he didn't have any part of those sequels, um, he says with his movies, he likes to end them ambiguously, leave them with, he likes to leave the audience with a question, with something to ponder. And so, it wasn't sequel baiting. He said the only way the sequel would have happened, of course, if it would have made a lot of money. This movie didn't even make its budget back, unfortunately. So, it was a box office flop. Um, so, definitely no chance of that happening. Um, I think there was, like, a fan film that somebody did. Or, like, a fan film treatment. I don't know. It was, like, Dren's, Dren's Legacy or some shit like that. I don't know. But, basically, Elsa is fucking pregnant with a fucking... Dren, but fucking, you got raped by your daughter-son-animal-creature-hybrid clone, and now you're gonna carry that baby, you're gonna carry that baby to term, and deliver, and have, and, so it's like I said, she literally learned nothing, she's in a fucking worse position, she literally learned nothing, she lost everything, she lost Clive, and she didn't care, so it's like, fuck, like, I mean, I, that's a fuck you ending, like, everything about the ending was just such a big fuck you, and I, I, I like mean endings like that, like, there's nothing happy ending about this movie, ah, man, this is an experience, 
and I mean, dare I say loved it, kinda, but at the same time, it makes my skin crawl, but I guess, you know, it fucking did it, like, I haven't been affected by a movie in a minute, like, where I just, like, felt physically affected by it, and I, and yeah, so you know what, hats off to Vincenzo Natale, because, uh, Splice fucking rips, and, uh, yeah, so, that will go ahead and do it. I don't really have any other thoughts <laughs> about the movie. Just a few reminders is to um, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. But please, please, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help out the pod. Like you hear every other podcast mention it. And it's because it really does make a big difference, like, on getting people just to listen to the to the podcast. Because I want to, you know, get more people. Join the Bloody Buds Army. The Bloody Buddies. The fucking, you guys name yourselves. I don't know, because I think, I, I don't think I get to name you guys. But please, like, uh, leave a five-star review and I'll shout you out and everything. Uh, shout to my friend Jessica Robles. She left the very first five-star review on Apple Podcasts and it was quite sweet. So please, go leave one. But it's all good. I know you need a little motivation. And next month, I got you covered because we are doing a giveaway and it will involve uh, leaving some five-star Apple Podcast reviews. So if I can get on that shit. But that's going to go ahead and do it for this week's episode of Bloody Blunt Cinema Club. New episodes every Tuesday. Make sure you are tuning in. This upcoming week, we have spooky astronauts talking us and the double. So until then, follow me on social media on Twitter and Instagram, Bloody Blunts with three O's. And until next time, stay lifted, my friends. <laughs>